Psalms 22, verses 25 through 30. So if you want to go there in your Bibles, Psalms 22, verses 25 through 30. From you comes my praise in the great congregation. My vows I will pay before those who fear him. The poor shall eat and be satisfied, and those who seek him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations shall worship before him. For dominion belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. To him indeed shall all who sleep in the earth bow down. Before him shall bow all who go down to the dust, and I shall live for him. Posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord and proclaim his deliverance to a people yet unborn, saying that he has done it. Let me pray for a moment. Dear Holy Father, thank you for these words. Thank you for today, and thank you for this church family. Lord, help us to be of the generation that shares your good word and the hope and the prayers and the gospel. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Everybody doing all right? <laughs> it's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful Sunday. It's perfect to worship God, isn't it? invite you to stand up then and sing some praises to him. Amen. Who brings her chaos back? 
he sing? Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the rain. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the rain. You are worthy is the Jeremiah 2.13 says, My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and they have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. Friends, this is what we do all the time with our own lives that God has given to us is we walk away from this amazing source of life, God himself, the spark of life. And we don't just walk away from it. We think we can go find life by our own hands. We dig these broken cisterns, and we eventually turn to them, and they have no water. They have no life in them. And we do that each and every year. We, we keep recommitting ourselves to, to have a fuller life. We need to return to the Lord. So let's come before the Lord in confession and in humility. Lord, we are here today to be humble and honest before you in the ways we know that we have not sought after you for all things that are good. We have tried to order our own lives. We've tried to make our own plans without first seeking your kingdom. You said to us, Lord, that if we seek your kingdom first, that all things would be given, that all things would fall into line. So, Lord, hear us now in, in just a silent moment where we are honest before you in our thoughts right now, in our prayer, the ways that we know, that we know we have not sought you first in this past week. tells Timothy in his letter called first Timothy chapter 1 verse 15 the saying is true is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom Paul said I am the foremost this great leader of the church is willing to stand up and be honest but then also give us this word that should be trusted and accepted that Christ came so that we, even though we go to build those broken cisterns, he gives us and lifts us up into that living water. We're going to respond now as a church singing the doxology. Let us sing with gratitude for what the Lord has done. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. 
free to have a seat. God is good all the time. It's like the, that should be like the Presbyterian theme song right there. That'd be the backtrack to anything we make. So we are going to be looking at John 15 for the next couple of weeks. John 15. And next week, which is Mother's Day, next Sunday, we're going to be starting into a three-week breakdown, looking at different angles in which Jesus is showing us. The passage is kind of like really dark chocolate. You know how you can only take a little bite of it? If you put too much in your mouth, it's just too rich. Well, for me anyway. That's what this passage is like. And we're going to read it in its entirety today. And um, you're going to see there's a lot to unpack. Today, I'm going to be doing sort of a, um, an introduction, um, a general overview of, of some of the theme in, in, this, in this passage. My goal is to not lose anybody along the way, but to try and keep a little thread going. And we're also going to be using this passage in the next month and as a church, thinking about why, why we are even here as a church. Why have River of the Valley in 2021? What are we doing? And why are we doing it? We're going to talk a bit about what it looks like for each one of us to be able to find the Lord through what God is doing in this church. Find the ways, especially as we're coming out of such a hard passage in this past year and a half, find the ways to, for some of us, either return to the Lord or dig a little deeper. Put those roots a little deeper into what the Lord has given to us. We're going to read now. John 15, and right before I do, would you pray with me? Father, our, our prayer is that you would use these words that your son spoke to us, and that today and these following Sundays, your spirit would be giving us the ability to see you, to see ourselves, and to see what you have called us to. Father, I pray all this in your name. Amen. So this is John 15. And I'm going to be reading verses 1, clear down to 17. The next few weeks, we'll take only a, a, a little part of it so we can chew on it a little better. Today, I'm reading the whole thing. So, so fasten those seatbelts. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. 
if you do not remain in me. You are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you, that your joy may be complete. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. The greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you may go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So for this introduction today, I want to simply sit around a provocative and compelling idea that God is speaking to you, that God has chosen to be in a position to communicate with you. That in itself is perhaps an idea that for those of us who have been in the church for a long time or those of us who at least know something about Christianity from a distance, that's something that maybe we've taken for granted. Well, well sure, God speaks to his people. Sure, that in, in, the, in the religion called Christianity that we have this idea that, that Jesus has come and, and is speaking on behalf of God as God himself. But maybe what we have, what we have now lost is that it's so radical, the simple idea that God would condescend to the point of being able to speak to the created. God, the creator, the, the all-powerful, would, would come into a position of communication with each one of us. That is something that easily just goes right over the tops of our heads as we consider how God has revealed God's self to us. Now, Scripture is not really a book. What might be a better way to describe Scripture, to describe the Bible? Not a book, but a, a library. That's a great word. I like that. Rather than one book, the Bible is more like a library, an anthology of works that are many different styles of literature. But what it what all holds this library in common, this anthology, is that it's the way that God has revealed God's self to us throughout time. From the beginning in Genesis to when you get to the very end in Revelation, it, it 
can be read as one long story in that the main character is the same. God has been the one who has been the constant thread throughout the entire scriptures, whereas the names and the scenes of the people change. But humanity and God are really the two characters throughout this library of works. And the story that this Bible tells is that from the beginning, in the creation, from the very first step, part of the plan of this, what God has done, is that God would be in intimate relationship, communicating to you. But not just speaking through the stars, as brought the magi to the stable. Rather, God would communicate to us in ways that we can even understand. And that is the second radical idea. It's not just that we can begin to build out our understanding of God by, by reading the signs. Rather, God has spoken to us in ways that we are intended to comprehend, that we're intended to base our own identity and lives upon, first through prophets, through the ways in which God even himself came and spoke in person, like in the flame, the burning bush to Moses, to the kings of Israel, to the various prophets that would then rise up there, and then ultimately in the person of Jesus, coming to speak to us clearly in words that we are intended to comprehend. Imagine with me you're going to a, a neighborhood party. It's a dinner party. You walk through the door, and you see someone on the other side of the room that you've never seen before. Let's, let's pretend it's a man. So you see a man on the other side of the room that you've never met before. And you look at him, don't know his name, you know nothing about him. But your neighbor walks up and says, oh, I want to introduce you to this person over here. What if you, what if you told your neighbor, oh, I, I don't need you to introduce me to this person. Well, I can tell everything about him already. I mean, obviously his name is Tim. Uh, obviously, he's a stockbroker. Obviously, he has three kids. He's a really uh, hardworking guy, but he can be kind of mean at times. And your neighbor is, is confounded. How could you pretend to know this person when you've never even met the person? You know what? That's what humanity is doing to God. That's what we do. We, we instead of letting God speak to us and tell us who he is, we decide for ourselves and build an image of God. The fancy word for this, by the way, is theology. We each have our own theology. It's a way of understanding God, and we all have it. We're given a theology. We, we learn a theology as we grow up. It's based on everything that we take in, that we then begin to build our, our view of God through what we watch, through what we're told in our family circles, by what we live with our friends, by what we learn in schools, Hopefully, also, by what we learn in church. Hopefully, also, by what we learn in scripture. But each one of you walks into the sanctuary today or turns on your phone at home. Each one of us has a theology, a way we understand God, a concept of God. But too often, too often what we have decided would be okay is we walk into the room, life, see God at a distance, 
and we decide to build a view of who God is instead of letting God tell us who God is. Instead of walking over there and saying, hey, what, what is your name? What do you do? What type of person are you? And letting the experience with that person begin to deepen our understanding of that person. We need to return to the realization that God is communicating with us and it would be a really great way for us to enjoy our lives by learning about God and who God is. Because not just do we learn about who God is, we then learn about who we are. Because this is the one who created you. And in all of those ways that we are so wishing our lives could maybe have another gear or, or a, a, deepen, a deeper sense of meaning. Knowing God and listening to how God has communicated to us that's what we're truly seeking out. That's what we're truly looking for. In the beginning, we have God with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, and he's intimately there with them. Do you know how the scriptures end? In Revelation 22, Revelation, by the way, what does that word mean? Drawing open or revealing? It's like pulling back the curtain. Revelation is not supposed to just be some scary, fiery finish to the world. It's, it's a revealing of how things are going to be when Jesus returns. And that revelation, that revealing, that pulling back the curtain, is God's plan is to have Eden restored. And what's so special about Eden is that God's presence is with us in, in the most practical way. We're, we're in a place where it says even the sun doesn't need to shine because God is on the throne and they're with him and we get the light from God himself. And there's this water of living water. There's this river of living water and what's back with us? The tree of life where there is, again, no more death, no more tears, no more pain, no more sorrow. We need to hear God communicating these things to us so that our lives can be based on them. Then as we move through the hardship as we are pilgrims through this broken world, we can set our eyes, fix our eyes, and perfection of the faith that's coming when we once again are restored to that life. Isn't that what we all want right now? To be able to move past, I'm looking at a bunch of people with masks on, to move past masks, to be able to move past the limitations we have in this world because of sin. And that's God's promise. That's what he's communicating to us. In this John 15 passage, what we have is Jesus, God himself, communicating in a way that you can understand. And what we're going to see in the next few weeks is that you are going to learn about who God is. You're going to learn about who you are. And then we're going to learn also about who we're called or what we're called to. It's not going to be a moment for us to to sit in our beds with a journal and kind of imagine who God is. It's going to be sitting down with God himself and letting that communication happen. That's why it's so important for us to gather as, as a faith community, as River of the Valley. That's why it's important for us to be together so that we can together let the meditation of our hearts, let the spirit work so that we can be interacting with God himself. The practical implication today is a question. If God is communicating to you, have you been listening? 
God has communicated to you, if he has communicated to you, have you listened? How important for you is what God has communicated? Is this something that's been of value for you in your own life? I think for most people, they would say that if God had spoken something, I would definitely want to hear it. So for those of us that are walking in the walking into the uh, circles of Christianity, perhaps we haven't given ourselves fully to it. Maybe the question is, have we seriously considered sitting down with the Christian scriptures long enough, long enough for that conversation to happen? And lastly, we're going to walk into a metaphor of Jesus being this true vine and the father being the gardener. Um, he says that the the stakes here are one of either being full of fruit in our life or one of being like this branch that is dried out and withered. And so there's no point of it being on the vine. And when, when you are trying to grow any type of a fruit-bearing plant, if there's a branch on there that dries out and withers, what do you need to do with it? <laughs> For the health of even that branch. You need to trim off the part that's dead. For each one of us here, no matter how we, how we entered into this conversation, either having professed Jesus as Lord and Savior for many years or haven't taken that step yet, no matter where we are, it says Jesus is pruning each and every one of us. Jesus is pruning even those that of us that have been in the church for decades. Because only after a good little pruning do you have what? This explosion of new life on the plant of faith and understanding. So my point being that this is for all of us. We all need to return to this relationship that, that God is communicating to us. And we're going to do it together in the next few weeks. The next step we have together today is the table. And Jesus begins the first sentence like this. I am the true vine. I am the true vine. When we gather at the Lord's table, we are doing something that is tangible and that is as practical as it gets for the human experience. We're eating and we're drinking. And we're doing this out of response to Jesus telling us that he is the true vine and that we are the branches. He says, you, you heard it a few times, remain in me as I remain in you. What a, a more practical way for Jesus to give us this, this metaphor in real time. Because as we eat bread, that's supposed to represent his body. As we drink the cup that is to represent his blood, he is entering into us. We are remaining in him and he then remains in in us. This is within the story of the Bible that in the beginning God walked with Adam and Eve in the garden. He's been intimate with them throughout this library that talks about the ways that God has been with us throughout the history of humanity and how in the end we are intended to be fully um, with him. This is a very visible, this is the visible, the practical, the tangible way for us to be laying hold of those promises of God. 
Let's pray together. Once again, preparing our hearts for the table, but also for this series in which we're going to let God communicate to us so that we can be pruned to the point of, of bearing fruit, letting those little dead parts of us fall off, pruned to the point of bearing fruit as we remain in him. Lord God, we ask that in these next few weeks that you would be indeed pruning us. I ask that you would prune us individually, but also as your body of faith, that as your church, you would be helping us to see the directions that you are taking us. The directions that we are to take in order to remain in you and to abide in you, to love one another. Lord, now as we approach this table, we give you the thanksgiving for, for the, the place that you have taken as the vine. And that now we have this gift to grow off and as a branch, to be nourished directly by you. Lord, we again, in our hearts, confess you to be Lord and Savior. We call you this, a saving in every way that we need it, both physical, mental, and spiritual with eternal life. Lord, we once again call you our Savior. And Lord, we call you the living one, the holy one, the one who is, the one who is to come, the creator. We call you Lord, the one we must follow to find life. Allow us once more to abide in you and to remain in you as we approach your table. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. This table, as you can see, we're, we're, we're gathered around the table all together. And this is the Lord's table that is open to all people who are following Jesus as that Lord and that Savior. We also have grapes, and the kids will come back in a little bit, but these grapes are for the children that have not yet come to that logical phase of, of uh, understanding what we're doing. And we're going to invite the leaders to, they're going to come and they're going to hand each of you one of these prepared uh, cups with a piece of bread in the top. Go ahead and open them up because it can be a little tricky. But hold off on eating the bread or drinking the juice because we'll do that all together as a sign of the unity of the body of Christ. Let's pray the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who is in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive of our sins as we forgive those who sinned against us. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, on the night that Jesus would be betrayed, he took bread. And having broke it, he said that this is my body, which is broken for you. To do this, remembrance of me. Likewise, after took the cup, pouring it out. He said, this is a new cup representing the covenant of grace shed for you. Do this in remembrance of me. 
For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes again. Amen. This table, these elements are the gifts of God for the people of God. Let us eat. Brothers and sisters, this is the body of Christ broken for you. And the symbol of covenant, God's grace. You are the vine and we are the branches. And you say that you have chosen us. You have appointed us now to live, to love, and to be for one another. Lord, open our mouths as response now as we sing together. Open our lives in response as we live together so that we might glorify your name, that we might be an example of your kingdom come right here and right now. In your name, Jesus, we pray this. Amen. Amen.